0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Now open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 17. I want to go to Acts chapter 17 Acts chapter You know when I say that Acts chapter 17, I always listen to hear if I'm, see if I'm gonna hear this. It's amazing. Nobody has like paper Bibles anymore. I see you, Chris, back there. <laughs> but it used to be when you say turning, you hear shh, 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 shh. Now I guess it's... But you know what? The Word is not bound. Whether it's on a pad, a phone, or even on side of the wall. I just want you to be able to see it. Are you ready? Acts chapter 17. I'll begin reading at verse 16. It says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshippers and in the market placed daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him and some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods. Because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him into Mars Hill saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and he said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all these things you are very religious, he said. And for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Since he's the one that gives to all life, breath and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. And has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the lord in hope that they might fi- in hope that they might grope for him and find him though he is not far from from one of us verse 28 for in him we live and move and have our being as also some of your own poets have said for we are also his offspring i know i read a lot But verse 28 says this, for in him, notice that, in him we live and move and have our being. I want to talk to you for a few moments on this subject or title if you're taking notes. I want to call it having a revelation of your location. Having a revelation of your location. In this particular text the Paul the Apostle Paul in, in chapter 17 prior to him here as we pick up in verse 16 he's actually in Athens but prior to this moment he had two other stops um, to hear the Bible said he started out at the, at the beginning of chapter 17 he was at, actually in the city of Thessalonica and the scripture said that it was there that Paul was in a synagogue God's preaching the Gospels and many the scripture said, were being converted as he taught, on, on, taught the gospel and preached Jesus to them. But at the same time, the scripture said that as he's proclaiming the gospel and those were turning to Christ, there were also those who refused to be converted and instead of being converted, they were creating chaos, the scripture said. The Bible said that those Jews that weren't persuaded, they became very e- uh, envious and took some of the, some, and the Bible said that they went and took evil men with them To try to go and attack Paul in the city the Bible said that Paul had left from the city of Thessalonica and he went over to the next city which was the city of Berea and of course the Apostle Paul being the man that he was he did not allow the opposition to him preaching the gospel keep him from proclaiming the Word of the Lord because the Bible said as soon as he got into this city he would he began to preach the gospel again I love what it says about the people of Berea because the Bible said they were not like those at Thessalonica That they were more noble for the simple fact that they didn't just sit in a service and they didn't just hear the teachings that were given to them, but the Bible said that they would actually go home and search the scriptures for themselves. I want to encourage you this morning that it's great that you come out on a Sunday morning. It's great that you would come out on a Wednesday night and that you would sit in service and listen to someone stand on this platform and teach and preach you the word of God. And that's great. But can I tell you, it's just as important also like the people of Berea that you take the opportunity to get in this book and in the Bible and search the scriptures for yourself because you must understand that, 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 that the same Holy Spirit that is in the speaker up here that is in me today is the same Holy Spirit that dwells in you. And he wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you things in the word of God. There is guidance that he wants to give and direction that he wants to give. And you have to understand that it's more than just me coming to a service on Sunday to hear the word of God from someone else. But God actually wants you and I to sit down with him throughout the week that he can speak to us directly. Can I get a big amen there? And the Bible said that um, once again, that you would think that that they would quit, but obviously they didn't. That not only this same band of people left Thessalonica and they came over to where Paul was in Berea, once again trying to attack this great man of God. But the scripture said that he moved on, but this time his companions, Timothy and Silas, actually stayed and Paul went ahead. It is there in chapter 6, in verse 16, where we pick up that the Bible said that Paul is now in Athens. And so the scripture says And notice what it said in verse 16. It says, while he's there, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. As the apostle Paul stood in Athens and began to look around and observe all the surroundings, his spirit was provoked in him. His spirit was stirred on the inside of him as he looked out into a city and saw so many people caught up in idol worship, caught up in living lives that weren't consistent to God, caught up things that that they thought would bring them hope, that they thought would bring them help. And the Bible said it gripped to his heart to the point that he went, the scripture said he went into the synagogue with the Jews and the Gentile worshipers and began to reason with them. What I love about Paul is Paul didn't sit back and just talk about all the things that were wrong in the city. He didn't sit back and just point out what needs to be done and this should be done and why has that happened. But some Something got a hold of him on the inside and said, you know what? It's easy just to point out the problem, but I want to be a solution to the problem. And what I want to say to you, and I'm going to throw this in that that's what this whole heart for Orange County is all about. You know, we're not just doing just a cute campaign to have something going on, but I, 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 I'm i praying and I asked God as I was reading that just like Paul, when I look out into this city, when I look out across Irvine and Orange County and the surrounding cities and as I see people who are in desperate need to know Jesus Christ, that I not just go about my life and my daily life just 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 all concerned about me and my way to heaven but there would be something on the inside that grips my heart and burden my heart for the people of this city i don't know about you but but i'm not just satisfied with my own salvation i I don't know about you but but i know the bible declares that god is willing that none should perish that all men should come to repentance and my heart is i want others to taste and see that the lord is good i want I want others to come into this same knowledge of truth and be saved. I want others to experience the goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible said that as he was there in Athens, the scripture said that therefore he reasoned with them and the synagogue. And then the Bible said that there were certain Epicureans and, and certain Stoic philosophers that came to him. And they said these statements. They said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus. And at that point, the scripture said they took him into this place called Mars Hill, the Bible said. And the Bible said that when they brought Paul to the place of Mars Hill, I love what the scripture said. Paul stood up in the midst of Mars Hill and it says, Men of Athens, watch this. He said, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, when they gave Paul this opportunity to stand up, he said, I perceive that you are very religious. You are religious people. As I looked around and I noticed the objects of your worship. Paul was somewhat giving them a compliment for the simple fact that he marveled at their dedication to these idol worships, uh, to these idols. He marveled at, their, marveled at their commitment and consistency to just go through religious acts of worship to these objects and these things that ultimately was not producing any true value or significance in their life. He said, I marvel at, at your commitment to just religion. But notice Paul th- throws in this word. He called it, he said, the object of your worship. How many of you know that true worship is not about an object, it's about a person? When true worship is expressed, it's not about an object, it's not about a person. We don't worship in it, we don't worship a thing, we worship a living, thriving, true and holy God. Which Paul points out to the fact right here that we must understand there's a huge difference between religion and relationship. He said I perceive that you're very religious. You have this routine thing going on in your life and we must understand and we must never make the mistake of, 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 of thinking that religion can substitute for relationship listen it's more than just I want to say this I'm glad that you come to church on Sunday and I'm glad that you participate but being a follower of Christ I got to be careful about saying even Christian these days because I'm finding out that everybody's a Christian everybody is saved today but I want to say a believer and a true follower of christ it's more than just coming to church on sunday because if all you do is come in on sunday for an hour and a half raise your hand go through the motions and leave and you never think about god you never get in the word of god you never pray you never worship and it's back next week and go through the motions again it's a bit a uh, religious routine and unfortunately that doesn't constitute to a real thriving relationship as we just sang in, in the awesome worship said where B.J. Song, it said that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. That's relationship. Relationship is that that, that I'm glad I get to come on Sunday and I'm glad I get to come on Wednesday, but really that's the icing on the cake. But what's really good to me and great to me that I have Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday that I'm in his presence, I'm in his word, i'm seeking his face and seeking his direction it's more than just doing the act of church it's engaging in a true and living savior called jesus christ can i tell you he wants more from us just to, than to just gather on sunday there's some things that he wants to tell you that he won't tell you in here because the bible declares there's some things he wants to wait to you and him get in secret and your father who sees you in secret know how to tell you things and reward you openly i'm all for cor- Corporate worship. The Bible declares that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but don't minimize your relationship with God just to a service. Know that it's every day that I'm looking to Him, I'm searching for Him, and seeking after Him, and drawing near to Him. Somebody say it's about relationship. I may have made you mad already, but that's okay. But it takes more than going through a routine. It's all about him. It's all about drawing close to him. And the Bible said that, what, well, notice what Paul says next. I love it. He said, I perceive that in all these things you're very religious. As for I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. And then he says this He says, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship. Without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Notice he said, amongst, I was looking around at all the idols and all the altars and, and all these false gods and false images. But in the midst of all of those, I came across this one particular altar whose inscription was to the unknown God. Now, when it implies that all the other altars or all the other images or all the other things that they were worshipped had been identified. They had a description in a sense. They knew exactly what they were worth out of all the hundreds that surrounded. But yet there was one in the midst of all these other altars that, that it was as if it was a deity that they felt or sensed. But they couldn't quite comprehend in their mind. And the only thing that they can conclude or say, let's just put to the unknown God. Isn't it funny that that at Mars Hill, let me tell you something at Mars Hill. Let me tell you something about Mar- Mars Hill is that it was considered the liter- literary capital of the ancient world. The most cultured city of the earth to which every Roman who sought a finished education resorted to complete his studies. It was the home of the philosophers, the orators, the sculptors, the painters and the poets and and the great university where many thousands of strangers would gather there for study. It was in other words, this was a place that were full of educated people, intellectual people. But isn't it funny that with all of the education, the intellectualism and expertise, they could name every other God. But when it came to this certain altar. They said, I don't know, for some reason, it's just we can't comprehend. Let's just call it the unknown, God. And Paul takes advantage and he says to this God whom I proclaim to you. In other words, they were aware of it, but they couldn't quite comprehend it and I'm telling you it's symbolic of the days and times that we're living in the very fact that they would worship at those other altars the very fact that they would go through religious routines is an indication that deep down inside of them there was something longing for the real deal something longing for the real thing and something longing for the authentic they would come day after day and night after night over and over again never being fulfilled and never being sustained but I want to tell you it's just like our world because our world is filled with so many gods of this day. There's so many religious gods. We have the gods of money. We have the gods of food. We have Our careers can be a god. Come on now. I didn't get a big amen there. There There's so many idols and gods that are in this world, but here's the reality. There is only one true and living God that you can really find help, that you can really find hope, that you can really find significant. And his name is Jesus Christ. Paul said everything that you're looking for and all of those other altars, all of those other images, all of those other false gods. I'm going to tell you where you can find what you're looking for. I'm going to tell you where you can receive what you're longing for. I'm going to show you the place that you can get everything that you need. And he takes this opportunity and says to this unknown God, he is the God of heaven. He is the king of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He's master ruler and savior. I know you can't comprehend who he is. I know you can't figure out who in your mind. I know you can't psychoanalyze him and put him under a microscope and try to define. And maybe that was the problem. They couldn't wrap their head around this God. There was something in their mind. So therefore they just chose to just put a label on it. It reminds me of today when I can't explain the God that stood out on nothing and spoke and then some Something came into existence. When I can't explain the God that stretched out the heavens with his very hands and command the hosts thereof. When I can't explain the God that walks on water and never sink. When I can't explain the God when he speaks and the earth shakes. When I can't explain the God who said let there be and there was. Who upholded all things by the word of his power. When I can't wrap my mind maybe I'll just call it evolution. Maybe I'll just call it the big bang theory. Absolutely not. I'm going to tell you, his name is Jesus. That's who I'm talking about. I'm talking, there is only one true and living God. And let me go ahead and say this. There's not, there's not a, there's not the 405, the 55, the two, there's not multiple highways to get to him. There is only one way. And that way is Jesus. Jesus is the only way, the only truth and the only life. No man comes into the father except by him. He is the living God. He is the omnipresent God. He is the all powerful one, the scripture said. And he's alive and he's ruling and reigning. And Paul, he says, let me just go ahead and put a stamp on it with this statement. He says, In him, my friends, in him we live, in him we move. And in him, we have our being. Mm-hmm. He said, no, 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 not in those altars that you've erected with your hands, not in those universities where you've got intellectually smart, not in the possessions that you've gained through your own strength and ability. But in him, we live in him, we move and in him, we have our being and to that is what I want to share with you about over the next few moments is understanding uh, our position in Christ notice what Paul said if you you have to understand that it is in Christ. It is in him that I live. It is in him that I move. I move toward my destiny. I move toward my purpose. I move toward my calling. It is in him that I'm, I, I I have my being. It's in him that I become or be everything that God has created or called me to be. I'll never be able to do it outside of a relationship with him. I'll never be able to obtain it outside a relationship with him. The scripture is boldly declaring that it's in Christ that we find true life. It's in Christ that it's life and life more abundantly. It's in Jesus that we find everything that we need. The Bible declares that in him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Do you understand what that means? All of God, the whole Godhead was inside of Jesus Christ. Even when he busted through down in Bethlehem's manger as of seven Little bitty baby, the oh my god, even in that little bitty baby, all the fullness of the oh god of the Godhead was in him bodily. So, when I talk about in Christ, I'm talking about being in God, in the Holy Spirit, in the Son of God, and it's in Him that we have our life, uh, we it's in Him that we move, and it's in Him that we have our being. Why are you stressing that, Javon? Because I'm afraid. That as believers, that sometimes we don't have a revelation of our location. And if we don't have an understanding of what we have in him, understand, listen, our biggest enemy is not the devil. Mm. Our biggest enemy is not Satan. Your biggest adversary is not demons. Your biggest enemy is ignorance. Because the enemy can only try to keep from you what you don't know that belongs to you. And so if he can keep me from getting an understanding of what belongs to me, understand what Jesus Christ paid for on the cross when he shed his blood was not just eternal security, not just my passageway to heaven, because when he said he gives us eternal life, it's listen, it's not just the duration of life, but it's also the quality of life. In other words, it's a life of grace on earth and a life of glory in heaven. In other words, life in him is the abundant life, not the defeated life, not the busted life, not the tore up life, not the messed up life, but the life of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Does anybody have eternal life this morning because you made Jesus Christ your savior? Touch somebody say in him there's life. You have to understand that it's in him that there is life in him, in him, in him, in him. I'm afraid that we're looking other places, but it's in him. I'm afraid that we're searching, but it's in him. Even people that are in him has the the temptation to look outside of him, but you can only find what you need in him. Let me just go and take the next step. The Bible said that in him we have been redeemed. Do you understand what redemption means? Do you understand that if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've been redeemed? That word means that you've been bought back. It speaks of one that has been under the master or the slave, but yet another greater master has come came in and bought you back and you're not just free from you're not just bought back in the under new and in the possession of that new owner but also when he bought you back he broke every uh, a tie he broke every aspect of influence or dominion that that former slave had on your life when Jesus redeemed you he snatched your life from hell he looked at the devil and say he belongs to me and there's nothing that you can do to touch them. As long as he's in me, there's nothing that you can do against him. Because when he's in me, I am in him. And greater is he that is in him than he that's in the world. Is anybody hearing me this morning? I know I'm getting a little bit excited. But I'm understanding that in him I've been redeemed. I got a new master. I got a new king. I got a new lord. I'm under a new authority. I'm under kingdom rule. Heavenly rule. Satan has has no jurisdiction over my life over my body over my family over my children over my career over my calling I'm under a new jurisdiction Jesus is my master I've been redeemed mm. see the thing about redemption what I love is when you've been redeemed you got to understand that when he came I got some friends Shannon and I we have some friends and they have a business and what they do is they go they go to different places and, and even sometimes on Craigslist and they buy furniture and 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 sometimes they'll go to a place and and you know they're not looking for they'll go to where the you know they have a sign that says sold as is you know sometimes it's in the clearance section or whatever but they'll have a sign sold as is in other words, there's not a warranty on it or anything. We're not going to guarantee it. So the way that you found it is the way that you got to buy it. And you have to be settled with the condition that it's in when you buy it. Because once you buy it, it belongs to you. It no longer belongs to us. And sometimes on those, you know, sale as is, there's cracks in the, in the, material, in the furniture. There, there's maybe a knob that's missing. Maybe a leg that's gone or something. But but our friends, they they, they don't they understand what they're dealing with. If they wanted the new furniture, they would have went to the new section. But see, they look mm -hmm, they look for the deals. They look for the stuff that's as is because, see, when they find it, they're not looking at the cracks that it currently has. They're not looking at it and what it don't have. What they're doing is looking through it and saying what, seeing what it's going to become when we get it home. Because what they do is they'll buy it, they'll take it, they'll strip it down, they'll sand it down, they'll repaint it and refinish it. And it'll look nothing like it did when they first got it. But now that they're the new owners and they put their hands on it and they've worked on it and they've got it looking like they want it to look, not only is it in better condition, it has greater value you hmm what am I trying to tell you this morning when Jesus Christ came to redeem me and you he came and got us as is he came and redeemed you as you were as you were in the club as you were when you were about to lose your mind as you were as an addict as you were as an alcoholic as you were as a destitute as you were as a prostitute as you were abused he looked at you and says I know she's got some scratches I know he's got Got some broken places. I know he's losing his his mind, but my blood wants to purchase him as is. I'll take her. I'll take him. I'll take them. Because when I put my hand on them, when I put my blood on them, when I put my spirit on them, they'll be better than they ever were. You've been redeemed in Him. Give God a shout of praise for redemption. Oh. He didn't wait till I got it right. He didn't wait till I had it made in the shade. But right where I am, he bought me as is. Mm. I wish you would shout, I'm redeemed in him. Not only am I redeemed in him. In him I'm redeemed. But also in him I'm righteous. I said, I'm righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Boy, do we need to grab a hold to this. I'm afraid so many people don't understand righteousness. See, you have to understand that the moment that we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, in that moment, as I confess him as Lord, as I surrender and ask him to come into my life, I'm not becoming righteous. In that moment, I am righteous. The Bible said he that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, he became what we were so that he can give us what he had. Okay, anyway. (laughs) So I became you and took it from you so I could give you what I had. I took your mess and gave you my blessing. I took your hurt and gave you my healing. That's what Isaiah 53 is all about. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. He carried a chastisement for your peace. And by the stripes, you are healed. He said it was all for you. I did it all for you. I am the righteousness of God. Watch this. So what does that mean? Because the problem is this. Righteousness is a gift. We have received the gift of righteousness. Therefore, I don't work for a gift. I receive gifts. If you work for it, it's not a gift. It's something that you bought. And it was dependent upon your efforts. But righteousness is a gift I receive So if I received it, I don't have to work to keep it. What am I trying to get you to see? And I'm going to bring it around while this is an issue because I'm about to I'm not. But the Holy Spirit is about to break some condemnation off some folk this morning because you're going to get a revelation of your location. Because you've been beating yourself up. You've been putting yourself down. You've been looking in the mirror disgusted. Because for some reason you feel like you just can't get it together. Because you made a one mistake this week. But we have confused righteousness with behavior. Righteousness has to do with my position in God. My behavior affects my fellowship with God. In other words, if I mess up, if I sin, now let me step over here. I'm gonna come right back there because I know you. I gotta put a disclaimer. I'm not giving you an excuse to go out here and live loose. I'm not giving you an excuse to live wild and crazy because I am the righteous. I can do whatever I want. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we don't have The Bible says be ye holy for I am holy. The scripture is very clear that we ought to have holy behavior. So I'm not giving you a right. Don't you dare say I told you you can do whatever you want to do and everything's all all right. That is not true. But what I am See, there's a difference between a mistake and, and habitual, intentional, premeditated sin. You're doing it and you know you're doing it and it's wrong. That's not just not sin. That's rebellion. And rebellion is as a spirit of witchcraft. Oh, I can't get all in that. I don't have time. But if I make a mistake, some of you about to get free. You have to understand if I make a mistake, what sin does It it, it causes friction, it causes a barrier in my fellowship, but it's not taking me out of my position. But the reason why that's important is my fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's my fellowship with Jesus. It's only through them that I can be holy. It's only through them that I am am empowered to live a holy life and a righteous life. So sin will keep me from the very source that I need to live victoriously. That's why it's an issue. But listen, if you mess up and you make a mistake... You don't have to, if you do it tonight, not giving you permission, but if you do it tonight... You don't have to wait all the way till next Sunday at the 11 o'clock service, hoping we'll give an altar call at the beginning of the service so you can come back down and get saved all over again and get your life right. No, you don't. Why would you allow yourself to go through a whole week of beating? Because I promise you, the accuser of brethren will remind you every day this week, you did this, you did this you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Mm -hmm. Thought you were saved. Thought you were living for Jesus. Uh, What kind of woman of God are you? Yeah, you taught last week, but look at you talking out the side of your neck this way. You had your hands up in church Sunday, but look at you now. Look at you, look at you, look look at you. Using all them adjectives, uh, of addressing that person that cut you off on the 405. Praising God yesterday, using extra adjectives on Monday. But anyway, look at you. He will remind you of every little thing Thing that you do and you won't sleep at night and you'll be up oh God why 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 listen to me here's the remedy here's what the Bible said if oh God if you confess your sin he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and guess what I don't have to wait till I get to free chapel to do that I don't have to wait till I pull in the parking lot to do that I can do it in the shower I can do it in the bathroom. I can do it on the 405. I can shut the door to my office at work and say, Lord, forgive me for just cussing out my boss, but he'd get on my nerve. Just you can anywhere that you need to. Cause You know why? Because you have access to God through Christ Jesus. And he said, therefore, come boldly to my throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Some of you are beating yourself up because you made a mistake, beating yourself up because you dropped the ball. and not only that you allowed putting the bat in the enemy's hand to wear you out. I came to remind you of a revelation of your location. You're the righteousness of God. Get that stuff under the blood and remind the devil, I'm not listen, I'm not going in on my own anyway. It was never about me, devil, anyway. It was nothing I did from the beginning to even allow me to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ anyway. I want to remind you, old silly sucker, that it never was about me. It was always about the cross. It was always about the blood. It was always about Jesus. And it's only because of Jesus that I can come to the Father because he don't see me through the things that I've done, but He's sees me through the blood that his son shed oh in him I live in him I move and in him I have my being in him I have life in him I'm redeemed in him I'm righteous and the Bible says this in him I am complete huh Let me give you the scripture. Somebody say, I'm complete in him. I'm complete in him. Colossians 2.10. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Hear me. You are complete in him. The word complete means this. It means having all the necessary parts or elements. Lacking nothing. Whole, entire, and full. Now, if I'm complete in him, I must be incomplete outside of him. And the problem is sometimes as believers, we are in him, but we're still looking outside of him. Trying to get outside of him what you can only get inside of him. Looking to other relationships, trying to get what you can only get out of a relationship with God looking to positions and possessions for identity when it's found in his presence you listen it's all in him I'm complete in him. I'm made whole in him. I'm solid in him. In him, I'm sufficient. In him, I'm significant. In him, I am secure. Quit looking outside of him trying to find peace. Quit looking outside of him trying to find comfort. Quit looking outside of him trying to find identity. Oh my my gosh, hear me. The Bible said when Mary came to the tomb on that day that jesus had been resurrected the scripture says she walked in the tomb and the tomb was empty and i love what the angel said she he said hey why seek ye the living among the dead anytime you look outside of christ you're seeking the living among the dead when you go to clubs to find identity you're seeking oh god the living among the dead when you look to that female or male for significance, for mm-hmm, for completeness, you're seeking the living among the dead. I don't care how cute he is. I don't care how bad she is. She can be 36, 24, 36 and 5'3. but listen, she didn't die for me. She didn't shed no blood for me. She didn't hang on the cross for me. She can be bad as she want to be but what I want to know what did you do for my salvation? What can you do for my soul? Absolutely nothing because it's him that saves me. Him that heals me. Him that preserves me and him that keeps me Why seek ye the living among the dead? Why seek ye the living among the dead? That bottle, my friend, is dead. Those drugs, my friend, are dead. All that money, my friend, without Christ and without purpose is dead. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? It's in him. The Bible says that I have been. Hear me when I say this. Revelation of your location. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. You know what the the, the Greek word for every is? Every. Every. No, no, no. Maybe you don't grab a hold to that. I've been not. Listen, not that I will be blessed. You missed it. It's I've been blessed. It's past tense. He did it 2000 years ago. <laughs> You're trying to get something that you already have. I've been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Which means everything that I need to live a successful, fulfilled life has already been given to me in Jesus Christ. The, what I need to be the husband to love my wife as Christ loved the church, He's already blessed me with. What I need to raise my children up in the right admonition and nurture of the Lord, He's already blessed me with. What I need to fulfill the call and destiny on my life, He's already. Giving it to me. And I want to tell you many of you are looking for love in the wrong places. You're looking for provision in the wrong places. I want to declare to you in Christ Jesus everything that you're looking for is in him. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Focus on Jesus. He'll give you the direction. He'll give you the guidance. Some people are saying I just don't know what I'll do. I guess I'll just pray. Well yeah that might be a good thing. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know what to do? If you're in a if you are believer, that should never come out of your mouth. I don't know what to do. I'm telling you what to do. I'm telling you to turn your eyes to Jesus because when you get a revelation of your location in him, you see things different. You see challenges different. You see adversities different. Uh, You look at challenges and say, it may not feel good. It may not be tough, but none of these things are going to move me. You look at adversities and declare, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. You look at the things the enemy throws against you and you say that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. When you have a revelation of your location, even when you get a bad doctor's report, you'll look it dead in the face and say, thank you but I have a greater physician. His name is Jesus and with long life he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. When you have a revelation of your location. I don't care if your children are wayward right now. I don't care if all your family members aren't saved right now. You'll still stand up and declare and walk by faith and not by sight and declare, ask for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Come on, is anybody hearing me? I need some parents that are still believing God for your children. I need some husbands that are still believing God for your wife and a wife that's still believing God for your husband. Stand in your revelation of your location and declare he's coming home. She's coming home. They're coming back. They're coming out because God has given me a promise and I've got a revelation of my location. Why are you shouting? I don't know. Why are you screaming? Because I'm passionate. Because I believe this. I'm not just up here just throwing out something. I believe this. I've been crying over this and weeping over this because it's critical that we as the church have a revelation of our location. Listen, when you look out into the world, listen. I'm not speaking negative, but the Bible said that in these days gross darkness will come upon the face of the earth. He said, but that that don't mean you freak out. That don't mean you get crazy. That don't mean you go somewhere and hide in a shelter he said no that's the time to arise arise and shine for my light has come but you can't arise if you don't know who you are you can't arise if you don't have a revelation of your location you can't stand up that's why those people oh God I gotta quit but that's why those people in the Middle East our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, whom ISIS really think they're killing that's why they walk down through there and singing songs and praising Jesus with a bag on their head uh, they know they're about to get their head cut off. They know that they're about to get executed. How do they do it? How do they keep going? How do they look them in the face and smile? Because they have a revelation of their location and when you do, you don't fear death. They understand that one day by God. Jesus is going to descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel will hold oh God and the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise up, cut my head off, stab me and blow me up. You can't kill what don't die because i got a revelation of my location. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. Stand on your feet and give Jesus a shout of praise. I'm done. Oh, a revelation of your location. I said, a revelation of your location. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You're blessed and highly favored. Quit talking negative. Quit talking defeat. Quit talking like you're not a king's kid. Quit talking like you're not royalty. Quit talking like you're broke. No, you've got every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Pull it down through praise right now. Pull it down through worship right now. Pull it down through prayer. I dare you. I dare you to say thy kingdom come. Thy will be done to my family. Thy will be done to my business. Thy will be done to my career. Thy will be done to my children. Come on, do it now. Don't look at me. Do it. Do it. Come on. It's in heavenly places, but we pull it down through worship. We pull it down through praise. We pull it down through prayer and faith. Come on, Declare it right now. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. I proclaim the blessings of the Lord. I grab a hold by faith the promises of God because all the promises of God are in Him. Yes, and amen. Christ is the fulfillment and the fulfiller of all the promises of God. I bless you, Lord. I praise you. Come on, worship him right now. Come on, just thank him. Thank him that you're in a blessed place. Thank him you're in a favored place. I'm not talking about what it looks like with your eyes. I'm talking about your spiritual position right now. That's what you got to see. Look not at the things which are seen. For the things which are seen are temporarily. And the things which are unseen are eternal. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Give me a revelation of my location. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. And he knows how to give good gifts to his children. He already had you taken care of before you came into this world. He already had provisions before you ever came in this world. The Bible said we were chosen in him before the foundations of this world. He already had you taken care of. Not just you, but your family and your children. I pray. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.